Hey everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Battle of the Atom. This is your weekly X-Men podcast where normally we rank every story from A to Z, uh, but today we're mixing things up. I'm Zach. Uh, that's Adam. Hi, Adam. Hello. <laughs> I'm Adam. <laughs> uh, and uh, today we're mixing it up because we've got a uh, guest to us all the way from, uh, I don't know, Marvel headquarters, I guess for now. <laughs> uh you know him. He's the group editor on the X Men books, uh, senior editor at Marvel. I've uh, been on the show more times than we could count. Uh, it's Jordan D. White. Jordan, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I think you can probably. I mean, it, it's if not we, convenient to count them, if but we found the list of all the episodes. <laughs> we could count and figure it out. You've been on a handful of times. Yes. Yes. Happy we, to be we here. Before the show, chose not to count as yes, a group, yes. and I think that's that's what says something. <laughs> yeah, it it was not convenient. <laughs> George, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. I'm good. I'm uh, you know, chilling. Uh, I, I was uh, today was a was a half day off, which is not relaxing oh. at all because it was a day off where I it was a half day off because uh, my son was home from school because of the weather, uh, mm. which just means I was trying to work and watch him at the same time and failing. So that's fun. The joys I... of trying to work from home not easy. <laughs> I do not envy anybody who is dealing with that. My wife is a godsend able to do the e-learning stuff while I'm I'm diligently selling motors or whatever it is I do during the day. Uh, but no one cares about HVAC equipment. They do care about X-Men. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you've picked this up on your time on the books. There's a lot of people who are very passionate about X-Men, Jordan. It's the first time hearing about it, but I believe it. <laughs> So no, we wanted to we wanted to sit down and just have a little chat. I mean, I, today as we're recording it, Inferno Four has just dropped. Yeah, uh, ca- capping off Jonathan Hickman's long time on the books, uh, and opening up some new possibilities. Yeah, I think so. Uh, it, it's a fun one. I I don't know what to say about it. it it's really good. Um, it's a good comic. I guess the one thing I'll say is, and uh, I mean, you know, this is not a thing that the fans want to hear, but like, like just here's what I'll say about it. Like, enjoy it or don't, if you don't like it, like either way, but like your theory about the behind the scenes drama is wrong. Like (laughs) (laughs) Jordan's jumping head first into this. It's just so hard because I go on. For a second, I'm like, let me see what people think of this. And like, people can't talk about the book without going, well, but the reason the book, and it's like, oh my God. Yep. Oh. Yeah. It's been annoying all day, <laughs> just like having these conversations with people who think they know, like, there's this master plan and that it was diverted somehow, and that this is like some alternate version of whatever was supposed to be. And I just, it drives me nuts. It must drive you crazy. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, sure. Uh, and, you know, it drives everybody crazy. Uh, I, I I, don't know if you follow uh, the uh, uh, X-Men Monday column that we do. We do. Yeah, we're friends with Chris. 
oh there you go so so you saw my my long weezer interview yes <laughs> okay, hold on hold on hold on hold on because while i will turn this into a weezer interview podcast again i do just oh, want to make sure let's do it i mean listen you're right you're right that pinkerton is still their best album yeah beyond anything else like it it just it hits it's Listen, it's an album about a really toxic dude going through a lot of his feelings and emotions very rawly, and that's something that's incredible from a musical standpoint. You are how in the world do you think late era Weezer is like Ratitude era Weezer? That's well, that's not late that's era not Weezer. Ratitude. That's not even close not, to late. Not, is it? No, we're no. talking about Van Weezer, which was really good. <laughs> yeah, Van Weezer is late, and okay, okay, Human is great. Yeah, um, but I like. All of the albums. So yes, I like Ratitude. There are songs on Ratitude I like. And even the songs that, well, there's no songs on, there's probably one on Ratitude at least that I don't like. Um, And it's Love is the Answer, I think. There's always there's always a, a little like. But Can't Stop Partying is fun. Like Can't Stop Partying is stupid. <laughs> You're defending Can't Stop Partying on this podcast. <laughs> it's stupid, <laughs> but it's it's fun stupid. I, yes. I. But anyway, but, but, but I brought up Weezer to say. That's the thing that I it drives me a little crazy about Weezer fandom too is that how Weezer fandom is constantly going well, but Rivers was doing this at the time, and then this <laughs> happened, and that's why this album is this way. And I'm just like, just listen to the music, man. <laughs> like either you like the music or you don't. That's fine. Anyway, that is. Uh, so we can, we can talk about Weezer all you want. I, I like every one of their albums. What all, a great all I'm going to say is. <laughs> Pretty much anything after Maladroit, I'm hot or cold on in general, but I do think that everything will be all right in the end in Pacific Daydreams. Pretty solid. Wait, okay, see, that's mind-blowing to me, because yeah. I don't think those two albums have anything in common. Like, I, no, I mostly right mostly people go, I like everything is all right in the end, but and I like half Daydream. of... Yeah, exactly. Or I like half of the White Album, but then everything after that is bad, Like, because usually Pacific Daydream and black album get grouped as like super poppy and people... i i'll be honest jordan i did confuse pacific Day- daydream with the white album right <laughs> okay there. so you were talking about the yes white no album. i am i am that person you're right okay great <laughs> very sensible um all the albums are good i love all that this conversation is happening between three white guys wearing yeah. glasses this is great <laughs> we had we had we had me and adam just as we were prepping for this we're like okay so what topics like do we really want to jump into that that doesn't seem fun for anybody and i thought oh, that uh, not talking about what everybody's favorite weezer album was was going to also not be fun for everybody but it's really fun for me yeah, no, it's very fun for us. And listen, I already know from experience that it's not fun for the fans. They let us know <laughs> when we did that very long interview at, 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 uh, at AIPT. All right, well, let me, let's ask uh, about uh, some things that are happening around what it is, you know, that you do for a living. Oh. Um, there have been some real challenges lately. Um, you know, we've got paper shortages. We've got, you know, obviously a a pandemic supply chain issues. Um, This continues to be an extremely challenging time for anybody trying to publish comics. So, you know, you're in the midst of trying to manage telling long form interconnected stories. How do you, how do you do it with all this going on? Well, one of the like moving pe- so i mean you'll notice that not all the books that were supposed to come out in december came out in december uh mm-hmm. you know and that's that's why it's it's related to all of those issues um 
I know, again, I know people would love to blame it on they, that Jonathan was too slow or that this and that, the other thing. None of that's true. We actually finished, uh, I think we finished Inferno when it was meant to be finished to come mm -hmm. out in December. And sure. unfortunately, it's been kind of sitting there waiting to come out because of various issues. Mm -hmm. um, the, it, it, what's complicated about it is that, and, and it's, it, I'm trying to think, probably this ended up being a help. Uh, is that we were already coming to like a break uh, mm. where all of our books were kind of pausing, not all of them, obviously, but a lot of them mm. were pausing and um, other ones were, were starting up. Um, so we, 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 when we first started hearing that we're going to have to delay this book, we're going to have to slip this one back a couple of weeks, we're going to have to slip that one back a couple of weeks. Um, I immediately was concerned because I was like, well, we've got a lot of stuff that's timed. Um, I mean, that's mm. why... You know, that's why 10 Lives of Wolverine is not coming out uh, on the first week of January, because it's like, well, if you move this one, you have to move that one. And if you move that one, you have to move that one. And um, but because all of our books in general were taking a pause during 10 Lives and 10 Deaths, mm -hmm. uh, it gave us a little bit of a cushion for the bulk of our books so that by the time we get to the end of 10 Lives and 10 Deaths of Wolverine, it's it's obviously ending two weeks later than it would have. But other than that, we're able to kind of go great. Everything else falls back into where we wanted it time-wise. So mm -hmm. we, we were, we were lucky in that respect. Um, when we, like I said, when we, we first heard it, I was super concerned. Cause I was like, we are timed. We are timed out specifically on so many things. Um, but the way we were timed out cushioned it and made it work. Nice. That's, that's, good. that's good to hear. Now, you know, you're talking on this, you're looking at a 22 that's filled with changes. I mean, just starting with X lives and or X lives and ten lives and X deaths of Wolverine. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Ben Ben hammered that into us when we we did an interview <laughs> with him a few weeks back, uh, trying to get that right. We tried like eight times before we got on air, and the first time we said it, got it wrong. Yep, yep, yep. It's it, I've I've mess I messed that one up way more than I messed up House of X and Powers of Ten. Like <laughs> I that one I I wrapped my head around really quickly, um, but. For some reason, I don't know what it is. I think it's because it's at the beginning of the the title, and mm -hmm. it's the first thing you have to think about. Like if you're saying "powers of," you have like half a second to think about which <laughs> which one you're doing, but you have to start with either ten or X, <laughs> so you have to be really, really ready for it. So, so with that, what is the biggest challenge for the ten office as you guys plan the rest of 2020 and beyond? <laughs> um. There's a lot, man. There's a lot. Um, we've got a lot of big plans. Um, a lot of the time, a lot of the time we spent the last six months while Jonathan was wrapping up uh, Inferno and and the end of his uh, his run on that uh, was spent with him and us, all of us, in a you know on meetings and in not. I don't want to make it sound like we were constantly in meetings. We had a we had a couple of big ones and then we had like biweekly ones, mm -hmm. and trying to work out like what are our big plans and where are we going uh, over the course of years, like not mm. not months. Um, so we've got a bunch of stuff that we all worked out together. Uh, that is the shape of of X to come, so to speak, uh, and it's really fun and exciting. So the challenge is. The, cha the other challenge is that 
it's sorry, I'm sorry. I'm starting and stopping. It's there's a lot. It, it, it makes sure. my, my head spin. Um, I think we've talked about this a bunch before, but we work very differently than a lot of the offices work right mm-hmm. now. Um, and we work very differently than I used to work before this. Um, and that presents a challenge because while I love it and I want it to continue and I want it to, to be what we do all the time. Um, it isn't because it isn't the way everybody else works. There is a difficulty in syncing those things up in us going, we've got a plan that lasts multiple years and, um, involves like multiple writers and multiple series and all of these things that kind of like will sync up and come together in this way and that way. Um, that's not how every office works. Like, so they're not ready to just go. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, for the most part, they are on board. Like on the whole Marvel is on board for that because they like what our plans are, but it's just not a seamless integration. It is a constant integration. It is a constant reaction to us going, okay, well now wait, hold on. What's going on? Um, on, on your time scale versus our time scale. Okay. So as that comes together, we have to see how that works with what we're doing and how that gels with this and that. Um, like, you know, in a way I think of it as like protecting our story. And in another way, I think of it as, uh, working with the Marvel universe. Cause I don't, I don't want to think of the Marvel universe as the bad guys. You know what I mean? I'm not, we're not protecting it so that we defend it from the awful other offices. We're, we're trying to keep what is important to us and, and what makes the story work intact, but also trying to mm-hmm. be one with the rest of the line and work with the rest of the line and work with things and connect up for, you know, other publishing events and other, um, you know, initiatives and this and that and the other thing. Like it, we, we, we want to be part of Marvel, even though we also still want to be the X office. Right. Now, one of, one of those initiatives that you guys have coming up very specifically soon is X lives and 10 deaths of Wolverine, uh, coming soon from Ben Percy, Joshua Cassara and, uh, Frederico Vincentini. Uh, that's a book that has, you know, it, while you're talking about how you guys are thinking in terms of years and not things, that's something that Percy has talked to us on this show saying that he's had that plan since, you know, the ideas of that germinating since his first pages on Wolverine. Oh, yeah. The roots of it uh, definitely go all the way back uh, to stuff he was pitching right out of the gate and um, stuff that, that me and Jonathan were like, that's really cool, but it, we can't do it yet. Like, we have a lot of stuff to do. Um, so with that you know, that being the case, how do you take an idea like that, that you're saying we like this, we don't like it right now because we have other things that we need to deal with, you know, just logistically. How do you, uh, how do you take a good idea like that and continue to nurture it and generate it and develop it into something that's going to be the big kickoff for your next wave of books? Well, um, so well, part of it is that you like, obviously when you have stories like that, that you want to do for a long time and then they have to gestate, like you have to be really adaptable. And Ben certainly was um, like, I'm not going to sit here and say that the execution of it is the same now as it would have been if he had done it right out of the gate. It's not even, I mean, I don't want to say it's not even close, but it's very, very, very different because, mm-hmm. because we're in such a different place, but it still gets to the stuff that he wants to do. And it, it has the core of it. Um, and that's a big part of, especially the way that we're doing comic book storytelling right now is you, that you do have to be adaptable and you do have to be able to uh, roll with things and do things like, you know, 
it, it's not the case that anybody comes in and just goes, I'm just going to do what I'm going to do. And I'm siloed in. Don't worry about me. Here I am. Like the closest you could come to that. And it's not close is that Zeb pitched Hellions as a pretty fully fleshed idea, fleshed out idea of like, here's the, the characters, here's the concept for it. But even that, like, he still rolled with a bunch of stuff. He definitely mm-hmm. like, you know, he he was very excited to do stuff with us and to take ideas in and go, okay, this can connect up here. This can connect up here. Here's how we'll do it. What we'll do in Ten of Swords. Here's what we'll do here. Like even Jonathan, I, and I, I mean, I know nobody, nobody believes this apparently, but Jonathan is not a guy who he talks about how he had a plan and the plan changed and, and et cetera, et cetera. All of that is true, but that's not a thing that was done to him. Mm. Like, he came in and he wanted to play ball with everybody. Right. He could have come into the X-Men and said, I don't give a what you guys are doing. Like as long as it doesn't conflict, there's the comic book history is littered with plenty of people who have done, worked that way. And, and I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. Like it's the way people want to work. They want to work people who are going to go, I'm going to write my story. I'm the big writer right now. I'm going to write my story. Don't get in the way of my story. And you could do your stuff on the side. He could have done that and it would have worked great. He's a great writer. So his stuff would have been terrific. And then, you know, all the people who are writing for us now could have still written for us. It just, instead of being as cohesive as it is, it would have been like, oh, okay, uh, Jerry will find a way to go around what, what John's doing and, and, you know, et cetera, everybody would do that. Um, he didn't want to do that. He didn't want to come in and go, I'm just going to tell you what I'm doing and have fun. Like he wanted to work with everybody. So he also came in and wanted to be very adaptable. So going back to what Ben was doing, how you do that in this situation is that, yeah, Ben just loves the idea, keeps it in his heart and goes, I want to keep, I want to bring this up every time I can so that I can, so that I can make sure this does happen. And as we're at different places in the history, we're like, no, not here. And at some point, we realized that right after Inferno was where it needed to go. And like, there are pieces of it that would not have existed if we, if it wasn't taking place right now, like there are pieces Mm -hmm. of it that are like, Oh, but because it's here, this works perfectly. And this works perfectly. And, and again, we've been talking about it and and workshopping it um, for this place in the X line for ages now. So Again, and I know I don't want to sound like a broken record, but like, you know, John was instrumental in all of that. Like, (laughs) this wasn't a thing where John was like, when I'm done, like, peace, good luck. Like, he was very much like, no, yeah, let's talk about 10 lives and 10 deaths and how that affects this and where that leads us. And well, I want to actually like dig a little deeper onto your uh, comment about, you know, being adaptable and needing to make sure that like, these things are, there's a flexibility to the publishing schedule because um, our friends Jay and Miles over on Explain the X-Men just had Jonathan on. Mm-hmm. Uh, the interview ran earlier this week. Oh, yeah, I um, listened to that. I listened to that. Yeah, um, he talked about some abandoned books um, that I think had been teased elsewhere, at least uh, the Moira X book. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I Yule. think on X-Men Monday, yeah. Yeah, and the... It was. Um, it was. yeah. Or, and, and at conventions and things like that. But also sure. he talked about um, his plan for an Imperial Guard book. Yep, so yep. Um, I guess the question is, you know, ultimately what leads to any one of these stories actually making it to 
publication versus like, hey, like you're talking about, maybe this isn't the right time or like what ultimately leads to something like that not happening versus happening? Well, uh, in those two specific cases, I mean, the Moira X book didn't happen because uh, it it no longer fit into what Jonathan wanted to do. Like mm-hmm. uh, he had a very specific idea of here's why we want a Moira X book, because it will lead to this and it will affect it in this way. And then when he made the decision, I no longer want to do those things. Then Moira X book became not, not important. And mm-hmm. at that point was when he decided, actually what I'm going to do is Inferno at which point now that you've read Inferno, like obviously, uh, well, you don't know what the Moira X book was going to be, but let me just tell you, it is, it is superfluous slash at odds to it. Like it, it wouldn't fit the thing that we were going to do in it wouldn't have worked with what we're doing with Inferno. Mm-hmm. Um, for the uh, Imperial Guard book, that one's a heartbreaker because, man, he he really loved that book. Like he wanted you're, to do that book You're telling me so that Jonathan Hickman likes the pastiches of the uh, <laughs> Legion of Superheroes mixed with Sam and Bobby? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're telling me that's up his wheelhouse? I think that was the book he wanted to do most when he took over X-Men. He was like, okay, I'm going to do all this stuff for years, but like the book I really want to do is this one book. And the reason it didn't happen is because he left. Like it, it, it <laughs> honestly, I, I would see if he calls me up tomorrow and says, you know what, let's do it. I'll do it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I love it it. Just, <laughs> yeah. So it's a bummer. That one is, is a heartbreaker. So with, with stuff like that, is it tend to be, you know, not not even just those books specifically, but I'm sure that everyone in the office has multiple pitches. Oh yeah, if they're sitting. Oh, what about this? What about this? Well, uh, we try to we we try to. So okay, there's a lot. Again, it's it, it's a lot of stuff that is weird because it's not necessarily the way we always work. We we this is going to sound bad if I say it this way, but I don't know how else to say it. So I'm going to say it, and then I'm going to try to walk it back. Um, this has never stopped you before. Let's go. Oh, we we. Well, it's not going to sound bad at first. It's going to sound bad for everyone else. We try to make it so that the most important thing in deciding whether we're going to do a book is story. Um, and both in that the story itself in the book is going to be good and also that it fits with and and furthers the story of the line. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, now, that sounds bad because... Uh, what are you saying? All the other offices don't do that? It's complicated. There's a lot of complicated stuff that comes goes into the publishing where there's a lot of forces that are at play. There's a lot of sales forces and 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 um, again, uh, publishing plan uh, uh, initiatives and 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 events and or things that are either line wide events or things that aren't or all of these different types of things that enter into those those decisions. And we really have been trying to push for we're keeping our story as centered as we can, which is not to say there's not room for the books to do different things. I want every book to do a different thing, ideally, Mm -hmm. but it has to have some sort of touchstone and come back to the same, uh, the, the same, the, uh, the, the core story in some capacity. Um, so yeah, every, I'm sure every single writer who is currently writing an X book, if I went to them tomorrow and said, you need to write another one, like, what is it? They have a pitch or I already know it. Uh, some of them. Um, and basically we talk about them and we, we, we weigh them and 
we weigh them first, most heavily for story, but we do also have to weigh them too. Is that going to sell? And how do we market that? Um, if a if it's a book that Jonathan came up with, the odds are pretty good that it's marketable because he's a very marketable. He has a very marketable sensibility. He like mm-hmm. when he talks about a book being good and uh and conceives of a good book, like he doesn't conceive of them not marketably. That's the, this sounds silly, um and and also like again I. I'm sorry to do a thing where I just talk about how great Jonathan is, but like, it's hard not to, he's great. Well, so when he comes up with a book, he's going to come up with a book that you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I know how, how that's marketable. And I know that that's going to work. And I know that. Well, I'll tell you, Jordan, that leads into the next question we had here with, you know, with John leaving the books, knowing that he is a pretty big name in the industry Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that leave that leaves a void. That leaves that leaves a gap just just in general of there's very few people that command the that Marvel could run an ad that just has their last name. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah there, there's, there's only so many people in comics. Uh, how do you approach filling a void like that? Just knowing that you you have this now it's not there. Well, I think the answer is that you. You don't try to f- find another Jonathan because there's not another Jonathan. Like mm-hmm. you, you, you don't. It, at least my approach is, I don't go. Okay, who am I going to use to fill this hole that Jonathan left? It's much more like, okay, Jonathan did a lot of things. Um, he did this. He did this. He did this. He did this. Who's going to be able to do this part of what he did? Who's going to be able to do that part of what he did? Who's going to be able to do that part of what he did? And I think broken down in that sense and not trying to go who is a er writer like Jonathan. <laughs> uh, I mean, again, that's, you know, that's, I think Kieran uh, is a huge asset to our office. Like, I, mm-hmm. I mean, I love Kieran. I'm a, I'm a enormous fan of everything Kieran does. Um and I, I have loved working with him in the past, both on on X Men in his first run on X Men and uh, and on Star Wars books. It was amazing mm-hmm. to work on him with, work with him on those. Um, so I'm thrilled to have him back in the office. Now, is he Jonathan Hickman? No, no, obviously he's not. But there are a bunch of aspects of what Jonathan does that he is great at, and that he can take over that part of it. And we have other people in the office who will do other parts of it. And some of it goes to me because, mm-hmm. uh, I mean. What Jonathan did as head of X was, I don't know of another writer who served that function ever (laughs) in another position. I'm sure there is. And I mean, uh, without going back to like, you know, the Stan Lee and when when editors were writers. That that was the only name that I was like, well, you got, you you do have, you do have Roy Thomas. Yeah. Like there's a a few, it was a, it was a bit of a different company. Right. Right. It's a different thing. Like in the modern uh, version of it, where the editors are the editors and the writers are the writers. uh, I haven't really, I can't really think of any time that someone has done what Jonathan did because he was really involved. Now that's not to say he read every script. He didn't. He read every script he wrote, but he didn't read every script everybody else wrote, but he was involved in the discussions of them and he mm-hmm. was involved in the planning of them. Um, and if there was a problem, people could go to him and reach out to him and um, things like that. So uh, some of the things that he does are going to fall to me, which is good and right, because again, I would be doing them if he were never here in the first place. Right. Uh, so they were so are you saying Jonathan Hickman leaving doesn't really – it doesn't leave a hole or a circle in so much as it does several concentric circles 
like stacked on each other. <laughs> a flow chart. I got you. We a should do a diagram of how we replace him in the office. Uh, I, workflow. I think that would be that would be something to fantastic to throw in an omnibus somewhere down the line. It's a real oh, like, so this is this is Jonathan Hickman spiritually and what he represents, and here's how everyone can. It's a know, pie chart. A bit of that essence. A know? timeline of what he did that loops back on itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. We don't want to dwell on uh, Hickman for uh, all of the time that we have with you tonight. Um, He's we- a delight. Honestly, again, I love Jonathan, and I hope I hope so much that I work with him a ton more. I, I just answer replied to one amazing. email in my life, and that was when I said, hey, do you just want to talk about charts for an hour? And he said, yes, let's do that. <laughs> it's, he, he likes what he likes, and I can appreciate that about him. Mm-hmm. Now we uh, woke up first uh, day of January here in 2022 to realize that Marvel has uh, yet again chosen violence. Uh, there is a new X Men vote on the horizon. <laughs> when when does this uh, when does this podcast come out? Uh, Monday. Yeah, the polls are open right now. <laughs> Wait, there's a way to vote already? Is that what you're telling us? On there, the 10th, on there the is. 10th. Oh wow! Okay, polls, polls are okay. now open for the X Men vote. That's ex- that's wow. I was not expecting you, that, but you can't tell anybody before this drops. Okay, we will not. I can We're... tell Adam, and Adam can tell me. That's what, that's it. That's what's important here, Jordan. Is I have I have an outlet for it. That's which really is, weird. Which is so funny because I was just going to ask if there was going to be uh, as much pomp and circumstance, like a whole gala around the voting process. Doesn't sound well, like it. No. There wasn't a gala around the voting process. There was a gala around the, the announcement process. The announcement of that's the, true. So uh, there's going to be plenty of pomp and plenty of uh, of circumstance. No, that's a song. <laughs> um, there's going to be all sorts of all sorts of to do. Um, and again, so so for the listeners who are, are listening to this either on the day it comes out or, or afterwards, they already know. Like we've, it was a surprise announcement of. Hey, guess what? The polls are open. Go vote. Um, and we hope there's going to be just as much excitement over the the, the voting this year as there was uh, last year. Um, it's it's it was fun, I, and I think the thing that's exciting about it is I think if you look at um, if you look at the issues of X Men that have come out, uh, you can see it it very. Uh, it 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 was very uh, it shaped the book like Polaris mm-hmm. is not an afterthought in that book no like sh- Jerry was like fairly fully committed to this he took the the vote the person that they voted for and made her an important part of the book and the book would be completely different if Tempo was in it and if or if Banshee were in it or or, or any of those folks um, and the same is true this year we've we made sure both times that the list of of folks are people that he is totally willing and able to put into the uh, into the book, and is and he the, the problem both times uh, was that I especially the first time because now he has experience at it. The first time when we were making the list, he started getting so excited about all these different ideas for each of the characters, and I had to say to him like Jerry, <laughs> slow down. Only one of them is going to be in here, guy. <laughs> like, don't get too too excited about all these ideas you've got. Just let's find out who wins. Um, so, very are. excited to see what the roster is. Uh, it, it, it's got some. Uh, it's got some. Uh, some oddball choices this time. We'll see if anybody can uh, can surprise people. 
Did, did you Listen, happen to see hope... uh, the Comics XF uh, fake X Men ballot that we uh, that we drew up? <laughs> I did, but I forget what was on it. I know Maggot was on there twice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we're splitting the maggot vote so i don't know why you would do that but <laughs> oh, i figured you, you would appreciate that that was uh designed think, by our I friend think Santa jason Claus has a really good shot at making the team it's really i would probably out. vote for him just to be, again just to be like what's jerry gonna do with this so so <laughs> in your mind in your mind the marvel winter specials from 1990s are fully canon and santa claus is part of the reason why the dark phoenix saga happened that's <laughs> Sure. Good. I mean, I want to say Hypertime, uh, right? That, that's the other company, my dude. Yeah, but we can that's steal it. Thing. <laughs> we can steal it. They stopped using it, so we can use it. That's how it works. <laughs> the trademark is lapsed. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. Now, uh, speaking of things that you got going on that's going to be collaborating with others, uh, you guys have teased a three-part crossover, or three-group crossover. I say part, that's wrong. There's something coming with the Avengers, the X-Men, oh, and that... the Eternals. That's yes. the right way to say it. Yes. And I was so confused for a second there. I was no, like, wait, I, what did I, I, I say? I read the words that I had written down. I was like, nope, that's not what this is. That's something. <laughs> yep. that, there's there's something involving the Judgment Day. That there is. An Avengers icon, an X-Men icon, and a, an Eternals icon. There's a free comic book day yep. uh, thing that's coming out with Kieran Gillen and Jerry Duggan involved in it. Yep. And that's what's the public information is. A right Judgment now. Day instead of a T two, it's an AXE this time. <laughs> I, listen, everyone, everyone likes a good act. Uh, but yeah. you know, you've you've been managing inner office crossovers with Ten of Swords, the Gala, a lot of things going on. You've now that's also... an intra office crossover. Fair enough. Wow. <laughs> it was it was a massive beast obviously uh, but it was it was all x office at the mm-hmm. time so but so also that, king yeah. of black empire like there right. has you, been you t- the x office is tied into things and you specifically oh, yeah. you've been you've been doing this for 14 years now you yeah you've played with big things before oh, sure sure and i only assume it's a big thing because you guys are using your free comic book day slot on it sure yeah absolutely <laughs> this is the first time it seems like that you know, in this new paradigm that the X-Men are really tying in with other groups and seeing what's going on. There's, you know, the first time it's really pushed. I mean, like if you look at King and black or devil's reign and those are, or empire, those are kind of one shot tie in books that aren't driving the plot. This seems this, this is presented in such a way that it is much larger in that. What considerations are you taking or do you take in general when it's not just, your kingdom or your little sliver of this event that you get to tell your own story in versus now it's everybody's toys and everyone's playing and everyone's looking at it a much larger holistic thing. Well, there's a couple of different ways to look at it. So, so maybe, maybe even like three. Um, so the, the, the way that, uh, the way that you've, you've mentioned when we've been tying in with stuff over the last like two years, you know, we did empire X-Men, right. Which um, I think was a blast, I love but it is was very much us going like we're just gonna do something like (laughs) like, you know what i mean like we're gonna do something nutty and sure it's to do with empire and it was but it was much more about doing what we wanted to do and making it work with what they were gonna Mm -hmm. gonna do um and really well i honestly the second way is really the same same as that except just to a different degrees like when we were on deadpool when i was on deadpool for many many years me and jerry we did a zillion issues of deadpool during his Deadpool run, he tied into every event. Every event. 
Um, he did not he did not shy away from those because well because why why bother but here's the thing because because they helped the books or at least at the time they did right they they were helpful to the books and people wanted to to know about those things but I think he did an amazing job of tying into those books because it what they weren't tie-ins where it was like the Deadpool book stops and that book happens and that and the tie-in happens they were always across the board things where he went what's that story okay how can I use that for my Wade story. Like, what can I get out of it? What can I, um, you know, do with it? I'm, I'm trying to remember what time. I mean, the, the one that always, the biggest one that always comes to mind is the um, original sin where mm. we had to reveal things about them. And we, we revealed that Deadpool murdered his own parents. Um, yeah, that was, that was a little dark. <laughs> that one well, was, it was. And well, I, I will say in addition, it was also like, I think the, the one that like did the actual promise of the event because mm. That was the the thing is when we first started talking about it, it was like uncover a dark secret about the character, but rightly so, rightly so, everybody kind of shied away because nobody wants to do well. You know what, Spider Man used to be a junkie, or you know what I mean. Like nobody <laughs> wants to do that. Like it, 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 you 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 talk about it for a second, and then you're like, well, hold on, but doesn't that hurt the character forever? Yes, okay. Um, it doesn't hurt Deadpool. He has a healing factor and <laughs> and he's also already a scumbag. So we went for it. We went like he did this terrible thing. But the same with all of them. Uh, for Axis, he became Zen, and that was a weird mm-hmm. thing. But it was it was anyway. Jerry was very very good at that, and I think that is a super important way to do it. That when you're when you're tying in with someone someone else's story, take advantage of what you can get out of it for your story. Don't you, it can't be you just give yourself over to that story. It can't be that you're giving your juice to them. You have to get juice in return. Um, now. This is a little different, though, because like you said, this is as X-Men in in the well title. I don't know how exactly how the, what the official title, how it works, but you know what I mean? X-Men is right up there. Avengers, Eternals, X-Men. Um, it's not, hey, do a tie into this. This is a big thing that is involving the X-Men. And I can't say too much about it because like sure. you said, there's not that much information out there. But what I can say is the story that is happening uh, was done and planned with full knowledge of what is going on in X-Men and taking full advantage of what we have already been planning and establishing in X-Men. So nice. it is not so much, it doesn't feel like we are tying for, for me, like we are going to be um, tying into something that uh, is happening to us. It's much more, this is where the next step of our story is because that's where we're doing it. And folks, if you haven't been catching up on all of the stuff that's outside of the X-Men world, which is not uncommon for X-Men readers, <laughs> uh, do yourself a service and go pick up Kieran Gillen and Asad Rebic's Eternals. Yeah. Uh, if you're if you're excited for political drama, uh, there's an issue dedicated to uh, figuring out how Thanos can win an election, <laughs> and it rules. Yeah, it, it's a really good book, and it has uh, really good data pages. <laughs> it does have data pages also. Love it. Uh, so if if you are buying the X books because you like prose pages or or graphic design pages, mm-hmm. this is the next book you should try. <laughs> I know there's a big section of X fans who only do it for the data pages. They That's go, what I, hate. I I skim past the drawing pages just to get to the data pages. I see that a lot online. Yeah, no, that that that's <laughs> true. I think now you know we're we're two years into Krakoa. Yes, uh, two two and some change, whatever you want to call it. Now, what is your biggest takeaway from your time on it so far that's guiding how you guys are operating as you move forward. Now, 
are you talking about? I, I ask this because you 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 centered it around Krakoa. Well, I'm just I'm just using this as that that seems to be a very strict starting or that's a pivot point in terms of how you guys have operated. From my yeah, own. yeah. Oh, I, well, that's what I was going to say. I was just going to say, do you mean like story wise in world? No, because you, you can't tell me that. I know that. Well, I, I mean, I can't. I mean, I can't really tell you either of them. I guess I can tell you some of the, about the operational stuff. I mean, I, but I've already said it all. It, like we we're we're working in this very different collaborative community based way community based is that yeah that's that's right because we have a little x community that we work in and i know you know what i know that you you know what that's like because i know you've got that for for your stuff like mm-hmm. you've got a crew of people that you all work together with very closely and that's what that's what we've got um we love being able to to work together in that way and be supportive of each other and each other's stories and hear what each other are doing. And like I said, interact with it, plus each other up, um, help each other out. Uh, but also again, give and take go, Oh, you, you're doing that. I can use that. I'm doing this. You can use this. Um, honestly, it, it like to some extent, it feels crazy that we didn't do this before. To some extent, I mean, in the sense that I, I know that there are a lot of offices that don't work this way still, and that's fine. Like they're they're doing what they're doing, and they're putting out great books. But I, it makes me so happy that for the most part, I, well, I'm going to say all the books that we put out in the X office that are part of that line. Obviously, we do some like the flashback books or whatever this and that um, side side books. But all the books that are set in the Prime universe and Krakoa. Like they're all part of it. There's no book where it's like, oh yeah, that's this. Yeah, don't worry about it. Like, this one, this one. like it's like no, this is it, it. All is part of it, and uh, that doesn't mean people like every one of them. You, you can you can dismiss one because you don't think it's good. That's fine. That's just opinion. But mm-hmm. we're working to make it all work together and be cohesive, and and it feels great. Um, I'm I love the I love the fact that we do the 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 trades. Um, the Dawn of X trades and the, the reign of X trades and the destiny of X trades eventually. Um, I, I love it. Uh, I don't, I, I know there are people who collect them in that way. I know there are people mm-hmm. who just get, get them in that way. And I think that's so cool. Um, it's, it's a neat way to do it. Like I, I, I mean, I obviously don't have a need to read them that way <laughs> for the first time. Cause I've already read them, but I feel like that would be a really neat thing to do. Like I, I, I find myself wishing that like somebody else would do that. So I could like, mm-hmm. Like like the Batman office put out trades like that so that I can be like, oh, I'll just read. I'll just buy this reign of bat or whatever. <laughs> I, think your state, I think your state's where they're at. Yes. <laughs> See, that's the thing. Well, I listen, I I, I don't want to. I'm, I'm very confused about DC comics right now. Like I'm super lost as to what counts where and what stories go together and what ones don't. So that's another reason that this would be helpful to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a. It is legitimately a full-time job to keep up with multiple publishing initiatives across multiple organizations. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I, it honestly, it bums me out how difficult it is because, and I, I'm not even just talking about for me to keep up with what's going on at DC. I mean, there are times when it bums me out how difficult it is for people to understand Marvel, like because mm. there are things that there are decisions that we'll make. And things that we'll do that I understand why we do it. And like, I can't say they're the wrong decision to make because it's mm-hmm. like, no, I understand. I, I get that you're doing it for this and for this and for this, and it will result in that. And that is the best possible outcome we can have. But I will also then look at the fact that I'm like, 
All right. Well, you know what? I'll just give an example because it's one that everybody already knows. I'm not going to, I'm, it, I, I, it, this is, this is, this is, this is me pulling back the curtain to, for a thing that everybody already knows, right? Why do we always do those number ones? Well, I think you guys know why we always do the number ones. And it's because issue number one of a series is going to sell a million times better than issue 14 of a series. Mm-hmm. And even, so even if it's a relaunch where it's mostly the same, uh, it's going to do better and it's going to spike back up and then drop back down instead of just continuing on a downward trajectory. Right. So I understand why we do it. And, and, and let me just say, that's not me saying it's the best thing ever. And I love it. And I support it in wholeheartedly. I don't, but I get it. And as an editor, I work to try to make it justified in various ways. Now, like, for example, we're justifying it very hard right now in the X books in that we're going, Mm -hmm. we're not just going, here's the same book again. We're going, no, it's going to be different. And here's Mm -hmm. how it's different. And here's what's changing and all of these things. But sorry, back to what I was saying about how that bums me out. um, I understand that that's really confusing for someone who's a casual reader. I understand that if you are a person who just uh, got back into comics for some reason and are reading comics digitally on your iPad or something, do people still have iPads? (laughs) I don't know. Sure. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, y- you might not understand that. And you might just see that the book ends and you're like, well, the book ended. Yeah. <laughs> what do I do? And then not know that there's going to be a new number one because you're not reading previews and going to Newsarama every week or, or all of these things. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That the industry kind of takes for granted and it bums me out. And so during the pandemic, I fell out of the DC books in a big way and getting back in has been real rough. Like there, I've bought a couple of them, but I've been very confused by them. Like I <laughs> bought the Grant Morrison time. Superman and the authority books and they're very good. Oh, that one, that one's, that one's confusing to me. Yeah, no, that one, that one, you just, you just chose expert mode. Well, I right know, there. but, but it's Grant Morrison, right? So if you're going to read one DC book, that seems like the one to read, but then a, it's start, like issue one starts with him hanging out with JFK. And I'm like, okay, well that's, not the continuity that I'm used to, but then by the end of it, well, the end of it, it ends and, and con- to be continued, I guess. But then they did that annual that goes, oh, no, 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 this is totally in continuity. And I was like, wait, what? How, does this, how is this possibly in continuity? What is happening? And I don't know the answer. I don't get it. I don't know how it's in continuity. I just know I guess it is. And that's fine. Hyper time. Hyper time. Let's make it work. I did love Human, um, human Target, though. Now, now Jordan... We do have some Twitter questions for you, but we oh, would no. be remiss if we did not take this opportunity at this juncture to ask about something that continues to uh, fascinate us um, oh. from the, the launch of Hox Pox all the way through to today. And that is, can you finally tell us what was up with Baby Havoc and Build a Lobster, please? <laughs> uh, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing was up with them. Um, Yeah, there was just, listen, things are on cover sometimes, man. We're just having some fun. Having some fun. That's right, right? Yeah. um, That, like, there was a, those were not the only things on that original piece that um, didn't get paid off in the series. Firestar. But those are some some pretty big ones. Yeah. Um, the, Bill the Lobster, notoriously a very big deal in X-Men. Yeah. So, the, the and the answer, if you want to have a slightly more serious answer and a slightly more, um, I, I know I know fans get really mad at me because um, I'm a human being. And uh, so people will ask me a question and I'll give a very flip and like 
jokey answer that you and I here can laugh about, but people right. are like, how dare he not take this seriously? So here's a more serious answer. Um, when we're working on that piece in particular, uh, and we were working up what should be on it, one of the suggestions that came to us uh, from from folks in various places, and lots of things were good. So someone made the suggestion from from the marketing side, I believe, saying that rather than just focusing on here is stuff that is going to happen in House of X and Powers of Ten and the, the stuff immediately thereafter, it should also be a celebration of the history of X-Men and various things from the, from X-Men history. Now, again, as if you remember, a big part of that advertising campaign leading up to House of X was um, about the seminal moments of, mm-hmm. uh, of, of X-Men history, and this is right. the next seminal moment. So playing into that side of it, um, there were things that were suggested to put in it, not because there was something coming up, but because it was like, this is the, 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 the breadth of the X history. One time there was a, there was a, a psychic lobster and one time they were kids. And uh, one time Wolverine had his hairy chest exposed in, with a leather jacket. <laughs> it was great. We all love it. <laughs> we talked about some great stuff that's happened, Jordan. <laughs> no, I mean, I, 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 well, I mean, there is not a thing that, I could mention from X history that someone listening to this does not love. Um, so unfortunately that's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so yeah. Uh, so there were definitely things obviously that were very much specific. Put this new character in, put Moira on there, put the Cerebro helmet on there, put Krakoan vines, put this and that. But there was other stuff that was just, this is just reflecting how far we've come and all the crazy things we've been through. Um, so there you are. Nice. Jordan, you ever think about how fans will leech on to specific things like that, <laughs> like a lobster or a weird crocodile man with swords, and be like, oh, so this is the core of everything, right? Like, we've cracked it. It's this weird thing? Yeah, yeah. It is very strange. Or that, like, the X-Men are going to go to Mars or some nonsense. Yeah, yeah, man. Who would have thought? Who would have thought that, Jordan? Who would have Who would have, Who would have? have been able to put together Jonathan Hickman's weird love for Mars and then just say something on a car ride and type it out on his phone and then send it out to the world and then be proved right years later. <laughs> um, here's a, here's a, here's a, a secret. Um, I bought Jonathan a t-shirt. I had him a t-shirt made for him uh, for farewell. And I hope I, well, I, I sent it to him and he hasn't said anything. So I hope he likes it. Uh, it says uh, in Krakoan gall. Nice. I love it. <laughs> so very good. That's awesome. That's uh, very good. Well, now, Jordan, we have just a couple of questions from the folks over on Twitter. We put out an open call, and we have a we have a few sounds dangerous. One. Yeah, it was the 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 call said, "Hey, here's what it is: tag your spoilers and don't be jerks." And well, you know what? We've made sure that that rule was followed one way or another. Ah, thank you. Uh, first question here comes to us from uh, Robert Secundus, who asks, oh. "Who in the X office is pro hot claws and who is anti hot claws?" in the X office currently? I mean, I, listen, I, I, I'm sorry because Charles is a good friend of mine, but I don't know that anyone in the X office is pro hot claws. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> because to say. Hasbro is pro hot claws. If you haven't seen no, I didn't know that, that they're merchandising hot claws at this point. So I don't know if you guys want to like bring in a tie in or something to really get those toys going. So again, well here, let me be serious again, because it, it's preferable when I'm serious. Apparently here's the deal. Uh, hot claws had to do with a, uh, a a reaction that happened with the combination of Wolverine's healing factor and his claws, but it was very specific and had to do with um, the way he 
it had to do with his physiology and when he came back from the dead uh, in that specific way during the return of Wolverine. So I'm pretty sure since he died since then and has actually quite a few times and was brought back through Krakoan resurrection and, and, um, and given his adamantium skeleton again from scratch, like I don't think that reaction is still in place. I don't think he still has the hot claws power. That was a great answer. <laughs> Asma Fangirl asks, hello, which X-Men slash Krakoan citizen are more likely to watch Sailor Moon and what do they prefer, subs or dubs? Well, I mean, it's it's Jubilee, right? I mean, that's... Yeah, actually, yes. No, you're right. And um, oh, so, no, here's the weird thing about that. Like, I, I, I think the, the natural answer is obviously she prefers subs because she's serious about it. That said, like, the weird part of me wants to say dubs. And the reason it wants to say that is because of the 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 trick of marvel time because in my head i think of her as like a 90s teen and mm-hmm. i was a 90s teen too and i watched the dubs watched the dubs because they were on television right um so i want to in my heart i kind of am like well she likes the dubs because she wants to call her serena and she wants british luna and she wants uh you know her love interest darian and amy anderson her best friend um and well molly her other best friend um who is from Brooklyn very randomly. Um, but because of Marvel time, the sliding, the sliding timescale that, that just no longer is the case. And so Jubilee must be a new Sailor Moon from, fan from its resurgence and probably watches it in subtitles when it was on Hulu. I don't know anything about Sailor Moon. It's great. I know you do. Hey, you know what? You should listen to Sailor Business. We talked about all 200 episodes of the original anime. I heard you did talk about all 200 episodes of the original anime. That's so many episodes. It's a lot, Jordan. man. It's a lot. It's There's really more lot. X-Men. There is. And I've already read all those. <laughs> that's already done. That's behind New me. Adventures. I'm down, to, I'm down to like the Charleston Chew tie-ins and the ones they did with Kiss that you just can't find even on sites that are less than reputable. Wow. I that's about it. I didn't even remember that they did one with Kiss. Yeah, there's a, there's an X-Men comic with Kiss. I found a copy of my... So I was looking through uh, old trades that I had in my mom's basement. I, I, I brought them over here and I started opening them up. I found my copy of uh, X-Men Wildcats. Yes. Oh, with the... Uh, Travis Charis yep. does some. Jim Lee does a bunch the of... The one people. where I think, uh, it's, it's canonical that Grifter is involved in helping sinister get the summer's I mean, dna yeah yeah it ends up i mean it ends I mean, up the gene gray dna for maddie maddie Pryor. it ends up like yeah, retconning it itself it, right and i think i think nick fury gives grifter his mask yes yes if i remember correctly yeah um but yeah yeah super super fun uh from way back when there's some crazy x-men crossovers absolutely well, okay wait 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 what do, what do you want x-men to cross over with it's not going to happen i'll just start by saying it's not going to happen no. what do you want to cross over with? i don't know Survivor at this point, they both got islands. I could see, see, hold on, hold on, because you can do, you can do like board facing (laughs) captions. Like you could do a, you can do all of the survivor stuff in X-Men very easily. You just have to figure out who's going to outplay, outwit, outlast everybody as they go on in their island, as they vote people into an abyss. Okay. Now that I say this out loud, I am just describing X. <laughs> um, I love it. Uh, Burton Chavez asks, why aren't there more books about Araco and the Arakans? Because I want to see more. What's up with the Arakans? That's a great question. Um, there's going to be more because right now there's zero. So <laughs> keep your eyes peeled. Uh, I mean, you know, I think people already can guess what 
book is about that. Uh, mm -hmm. They're right. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's going to, I mean, there, but, I, but you know what the answer to the actual answer to the question of why there isn't again, uh, to, to answer the question slightly more seriously, uh, is that balance I was talking about that, that, that balance of, of marketability and sales. So, uh, it, we can't just go, so then here's a, an Araco book because as cool as that would be. And as much as I know there is a segment of, uh, of X fandom who is going, you're, you're wrong and you're crazy. We would all buy that who define we all like uh, there are people who would buy it and there are people who would love it. Um, but without, like you know known x characters in it it's it's probably going to get canceled pretty quickly mm. so we've worked out That's i think right. a pretty if sweet you, book. if you can just like crank out four issues of like iska the unbeaten <laughs> doing some dope stuff yeah man you know <laughs> just get it right right under the radar as easy as we can. now do you like iska like do you think she's cool i do do you think she's yeah. do you think okay what, what what am i trying to say I, I'm, I'm trying to ask like do you like her as a person that's what i'm trying to oh think. no i don't like most of the x-men as people i wish that to be clear <laughs> oh no. Terrible. no jordan jordan yes. jordan did i squeal with delight when bay came on to uh, the panel and inferno 4 yes i did yeah man <laughs> yeah listen most 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 of the x-men are bad and Araco has a culture Who? whose norms and values are different than mine well, that doesn't mean worse or better. It just means different. <laughs> it doesn't. It does mean they are way more tolerant of murder than I personally am. It's true. I mean, well, for, to a certain degree, so are the X-Men right now. That's uh, right. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so wait, no, but you don't think all the X-Men are bad people. Like a lot of them are great people. I don't think all of the X-Men are bad people. I think all of the X-Men have their own specific character flaws that make them very interesting to read stories about. Well, that's just people. And I will not want to be most of their friends. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Is that true? I mean, yeah, listen, there's a bunch of them, but not all of them. I mean, I don't, it's also tough because like, you know, people can go up or down. Like there was a time when I would have been like, yeah, I, I absolutely want to be Hank McCoy's friend. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, now you don't. Yeah, he... <laughs> Depends on how much of the genocide you know yes. about. <laughs> how many? That's on that's on a need to know basis, uh, really. I believe this one. This one here comes from uh, Queso de Muerte, uh, which I believe she's is a death. She's a death. Oh, nice. Uh, which asks which X Men, X Men, X Men. I guess is the singular form of that. Has the best mustache. Interesting. So who who would X Men have mustaches? Let's see. So we got like, well, again define x-men if assuming we mean mutant character not not the elected right. team but even 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 people who have served on a team called x-men would still limit it pretty hard like i think most of the ones who have mustaches are not even on that no because you've got like sinister you've got black tom he's only but he's even even on x-force is is iffy like he's not on x-force on x-force like he pops in <laughs> Black Tom is, is pretty good. Um, who else has a mustache, man? Kurt looks like Let's he's growing his beard back. Yeah, but he's, he's got a beard. Is, is a beard a mustache? The answer is kind of no. Those are different. Yeah. Hot dog a sandwich. You know? Yes. No, we're not doing that today. <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, right now, off the top of my head, I go with Black Tom, um, which is messed up because, again, when, when you're trying to make a list of X Men characters, uh, X Men. And the list you have is Mr. Sinister and Black Tom. Something is wrong. But <laughs> everybody's an X-Men. Somebody now. else Come has got to have a mustache. I'm trying. I mean, Banshee uh... doesn't have a mustache. I just think of him having a mustache because of that Declan Shalvey thing where he had a handlebar mustache. 
Uh, oh, Blob. Blob. Oh, shoot. Blob. Good Blob's got a good mustache. You guys should remember that he has the mustache all the time. <laughs> yeah, sometimes he shaves it and regrows it. It's fine. <laughs> I get it. Mustaches, they come and go. I... I'm I am often tempted to shave, and I tell myself I will regret it because every time I do, I regret it. <laughs> Let me think: who should have a mustache? That's tough. Like, is there like I'm, I, I can't? There's no X Men is jumping out at me as like having a mustachey personality. Probably Kurt would be the the one, although I still don't even really understand how he has a beard. Like, I, what I don't get it. <laughs> I think because it's all made up. Yeah, right. That's it. I think it's made up fake. I would adventures. love to see Gambit experiment with a, a mustache. <gasps> Gambit would be good with a mustache. <laughs> I mean, he would be very Batrocky. <laughs> <laughs> just give it a shot. Why do you have no, he's Gambit. great. It's just I don't think Gambit will want to be confused with Batrock. <laughs> Bobby DaCosta. Sunspot should have a mustache. Oh, that'd be fun oh, too. Okay. I, I would like I would like Sunspot to be trying to grow like a Magnum PI mustache, but be like incapable of it like it's just it's patchy and it doesn't work and i know that patchy facial hair is very difficult to render consistently in comics yeah but i do think i do think it should be considered if there are people considering these things what we should do is here's what here's the plan okay here's what's going to happen um we're going to do the 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 movember but mm. like because of Marvel time, it's going to last like three years. <laughs> so every X Man is going to have a mustache for like three years. <laughs> sounds great. I love it. That that sounds good. Now here here's our last question, Jordan and Chris Edelman asks: Can you finally tell us what the change to the Hickman document uh, that you had to get to get it approved is, or is that still uh, is that still something that oh. you can't you can't even mention? <sighs> Can I talk about it? Um, I in the original document in the future, uh, where which future in the in the far future in the far future life six, uh. The one where they're in cages or the one with yeah. all the cool ass men doing yeah, the days of future past? Yeah, now? yeah, yeah. The one where they're in cages. Yeah, that's six. Wait, is that what it was? Well, it was just that it was just that the mutants were right. Um, and they were they 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 do replace humans always, and they are mm -hmm. the inevitable thing. And and um so the it was the it was the fact that the cocky attitude of the, the, yes, those those Homo novicina mm -hmm. were not right. Homo novicina. They were they were they were mutants. They were evolved from mutants, mm. and it was it was that there was this kind of attitude of you know well you know how the book started and it was sort of mutants are coming out with a lot of swagger, going like hey why are we putting up with this like we're we're we're, we're the next stage of evolution. Well, they were right. They were just right. They were coming out going like we're better than this and this is our planet, and they were right. And I was just like, that's, that feels terrible mm. to me. Um, and the idea got hit upon by, I think by, by Joe Q that, well, what if these weren't mutants? What if they were humans? And, uh, and, and, the, and this idea that they always lose no matter mm. what. Um, but that kind of again, keeps them as this like underdog uh, 
type of characters. And uh, even when they are winning, like they, they're not just like winners. <laughs> I don't know. Um, that's I don't think that that's very interesting. That out of control, though, given what we hear from Omega Sentinel in Inferno Three, which is essentially what you just said. You know, like Jonathan does. Well, use yes, the but also, I mean, who are you who are you going to believe? Omega Sentinel? Like, I like. I think the story. I think the story's more interesting if both parties think that they're always going right. to lose and think they are always justified in their actions because of yeah. that. Uh, and there's no clear answer on what's right or what's wrong. I think when you write things down and say this is the definite truth, it can change things in a different way. I don't know. Now, now you've just got me in like in thinking I mode think the, now. I think you guys made the right move. I, I, I mean, I, I think so, too. <laughs> That's why we did it. Yeah. Um, I mean, here's the other thing. Like I said a million times, Jonathan's a genius. It's like, so for all I know, he actually wanted it this way from the beginning and was manipulating us or something because like, it, yes, obviously it worked out great. And um, it, it like to even say that, like it's, it's hard. It was, I was sitting there going, is that right? Cause it almost doesn't make sense. I'm like, what, how does the story even work if that's the case? Cause they, do they still have Moira and Logan locked up? And there was like, yeah, they did. But what was the deal with that? And I don't a hundred percent know. I'd have to go back and like, look at it again and, and kind of really dig into exactly how that was the case. But I do remember thinking like that, like I said, it just felt wrong to me that it was like mutants are like, this is our planet and they're right. Because mm. in the future, that's what's going to be what happens. And I'm just like, oh, that just feels wrong. Um, hey, I love that these comics have themes, Jordan. <laughs> and like plots and like can make you think. That's pretty good. Y'all should keep doing those. We're, we're doing our best. I, I hope. <laughs> that's the plan. We're not going to. I mean, I don't know. Listen, uh, we'll talk in a year, I guess. And you can tell me how terrible a job we did. But uh, do oh, we do that? You know, I do keep do that. that? <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> It'll be it'll be all right. I I've decided that X Men is the one thing that I can like remove myself from critical mindset and just be like no, I'm going to enjoy these ones. Everything else, I'll be I'll be like thinking about these. I'm just going to vibe with, and I'm I'm loving that decision for myself. That's great. That's great. I mean, again, that's well, that's I, that's how I feel about Weezer for the most part. And <laughs> there's a bunch of things I feel that way about. Like that was a lot of the time. That was how I felt about Doctor Who. Like people would. I would talk to people about Doctor Who and they'd be like, oh, that episode sucked because this, this, and this. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. The doctor was fun. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, sometimes that's all you need in life. Absolutely. Now, Jordan, Jordan, I appreciate your time tonight. Uh, I know you're you're keeping keeping to yourself more or less right now, which is more power to you. Less people should be using social media. Yeah. Uh, anything you want people to be aware of or plug or anything beyond there's a bunch of books coming out? <laughs> I don't think so. Um like I said, we we did Sailor Business. We did 200 episodes. We did more than 200 episodes, but we co covered all 200 episodes. If you go to sailorbusiness.com, you can see that. And in addition, right now, uh, Chris is actually continuing the show uh, to go on to another version of Sailor Moon that I'm not I'm not on, but uh, it's going to be super fun. So you should, if you like Sailor Moon, you should check that out too. Um, I the, it's I think they're calling it Sailor Business Diamond. Um, I'll probably get involved in, in sailor business again at some point, but for now it's uh, Chris and Bethany, uh, uh, Betty Felon. And, uh, if you go to sailorbusiness.com, it'll have the link to that feed as well. Um, I just don't, uh, I don't think they have their own uh, URL right now. Um, but that's super fun and I recommend it. Other than that, 
I don't know. I keep promising myself I'm going to do more ukulele covers, but don't worry about it. If it, just because you like X Men doesn't mean you'd like that anyway. So, <laughs> oh, who doesn't like a good ukulele cover? Especially from you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I, I mean, you guys did stop me from doing a full album of X Men songs because listen, listen, Jordan, <laughs> and again, we don't know who is in the elections for the X Men coming up, but I have now manipulated at least two online polls for Maggot to win something. So I don't even feel bad that I manipulated the internet to be like, no, we should make Jordan sing a song about Maggot. <laughs> I'm still proud of my Maggot song. And I'm proud of it's my me. joke Adam X song. It's not really about Adam X. Um, <laughs> but guess, I, sp- spoilers, and everybody else who's listening already knows this, Maggot's not in the election. So That's fine. I know you guys have big <laughs> plans for him and you can't tie him up in the X-Men. I understand. I hear you. I, yeah, no, I, I, I reference him regularly. It's listen, I I've said it before on this podcast. I stare at a Josh Kassara piece of art of Maggot sitting at the tiki bar, uh drinking drinking a drink, enjoying his life. And I see that every day as I work, and that gives me just the right amount of joy to get through. <laughs> all right, all right. Here's my question. Here's my question. Not including Maggot. Yeah. What mutant do you want to see in a comic? Like on on X-Men or just yeah, in yeah, general? Yeah. No, in general. Like in, in an X Men comic, what what mutant you wanted to have? Shown? My my big pick last year was Marrow. Okay, well she's about to be in one. Yes. Well, you knew that she's on the cover of Secret X Men. Yes, yeah, Secret X Men, yep. buddy. Uh, shoot, now you've got you put me on the spot. Did you know there's a lot of X Men, Jordan? <laughs> no, it's it's news. I thought there was like seven. <laughs> you know what? You know I'm gonna I'm gonna not even go with a weird one. I like Chamber a lot, and mm. I have not. Yeah, seen man. Art. Huge amount of chamber. He hasn't been around in a while. He he popped up for a second in Unlimited. Uh, he did, but that was it. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good one. That's a good one. Why, <laughs> we, we, oh, I remember why. I was gonna. I was about to say why didn't we put him on the election? And the answer was because we didn't want to. We didn't want to put a zillion uh, Gen X characters. There's another. Ah. <laughs> I like the sound of that. Me too. Uh, folks. Go vote in the X-Men election. Uh, go pick up the new books that are coming out. Uh, go check us out next week as we talk about... Adam, what are we talking about next week? Do you have any idea? Uh, I believe it's a Hellions-themed episode. Oh, yeah. We're talking about the Hellions. Not the Zeb Wells one. Ah, no. The classic. One of the Zeb Wells characters. It's too new. I, I, don't, I don't like jumping into stuff that just finished. I like to get... Because the last time I did that, I get too excited yep. about new things. Of course. And I need, I need to give it a second to breathe. Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. That's still the number one story on our list, and we gave it a year. I, we gave it a year to breathe, and we were like, "Nope, that's still correct." I, 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 I recently, for fun, uh, made a list of my top fifty favorite albums, uh, and I definitely feel like there was some there was some recency, recency bias, bias. Going on in there. Like, <laughs> not not in like the top ten or anything like that, but there's yeah. definitely stuff that later I kind of went, "Wow, like that that really recent album is is above like ever ever like almost every other thing that band did, and that's interesting." But it's whatever. It's just it's not it's not science. It's just for fun. Now, what you're doing <laughs> is science. So that's yeah, different. no, what we're doing is very very strict. Uh, really judging your entire life's work, Jordan. Oh, not I'm mine, mostly. Sure. <laughs> Most X Men stories were not mine. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> Yet. There's still time, buddy. Oh, jeez. Uh, I'll, I'll um, give it until the best. then, folks, this has been Battle of the Atom. We hope you survived the experience. Get it!